0: We need to keep doing a a check and and find out where you are now. So, what are you going through now? So, whatever you're going through, why is that our focus? So, we wouldn't see the theocratic system because instead of representing God as leaders, we replaced God. Wow. Okay. And therein is the problem where you determine who goes, where they go. We have all these weird concepts of I will determine when you're ready for ministry.
1: Hello, and welcome to Unlock the Kingdom Within You. This podcast explores the profound truth about what it means to be born into the kingdom, not a religion. On this podcast, we challenge the religious and denominational norms which shackle us from expressing the liberty of Christ by exploring the kingdom, the ecclesia, and citizenship. If you're born into the kingdom, but lost in religion, then this channel is just for you. So thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.
2: When God created Adam, mm. he created Adam so that Adam would have the authority to rule and govern with God's theocracy. Yep. That was the whole purpose. So when Adam fell, see most Christians don't know what the fall is.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Most preachers don't know what the fall is. They they the the the, the traditional vocabulary of Christendom is that Adam fell into sin. No, no, Adam didn't fall into sin. Sin knocked him off his purpose. I'm seated in a chair right now. And if somebody were to come here and shove me off this chair, I would fall off the chair because somebody pushed me off the chair. Well, Adam was created to govern govern this earth with God's theocracy. But disobedience to the order of the theocracy then made Adam fall from that purpose. So Mm -hmm. what Jesus came to do was to restore the theocracy of God through the nation of God on this world. Mm -hmm. Through men and women called out, as Charles so well said it, from every nation, kindred, tongue, and people called out to God's nation so that we can rule the earth with God's theocracy. Uh, let me say one mm-hmm. more thing. Amen. There used to be Amen. a time that it was very popular for Christians to say, God is my co-pilot. <laughs> I never said that. I never put that bumper sticker on my bumper of my car because that's ridiculous. But you oh, saw it all over the place and you heard Christians saying it all the time. See? They don't know the theocracy of God. Mm. God is not my co-pilot. He is the pilot. That's
0: right, yeah. Period. Let let me add something in just to kind of explain theocracy. See, like I said, when we come from the earth realm, every form of governance automatically in our head tries to get who is in control and who is not. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Primarily. Democracy is to make sure that the leaders are not in total control, basically. Anarchy means nobody's in control. Yes. Well, the individual. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So so theocracy is a little different. It's not based on control. It's based on a self-governing system, which basically means that if you, this king called God has put self-governing rules into everything. So it means that if you live by his rule, theocracy, things automatically work out there's no reporting system <laughs> there's no uh, people watching over to check if you did it right because if you didn't it self-governs it works against you and this is not karma this is not <laughs> this is real time so so the, the power of a self-governing theocracy is that the rules and the benefits are tied into each other seamlessly he says if you do this this happens.
2: That's right.
0: It's 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 built in. It's not if okay. you do this and report back to me, then I'll send somebody to to facilitate this. <laughs> so so you you it is in your best interest in a theocracy mm-hmm. to live by the rules of the theocracy. Yeah, that's right. You are you are not trying to behave to avoid punishment. No. Mm. No. You are beneficially, it's a hundred percent, it's it's a benefit to every citizen to operate the way the government wants us to operate, and everybody benefits from it. Yeah, and those who don't benefit from it suffer the consequences, and the rest of us do not condemn them, we try and bring them back into the benefit, mm. and that's the difference between the theocracy. So so do you think that now
3: um currently maybe most uh Christian communities, do you think they have this or a sense of this understanding that, um, Look no. at our heads. No way. <laughs> so, so wait, I want to even clarify the understanding. So the whole idea of yeah. governing assemblies, for example, if you say that to the average person, I think probably mm. maybe the eyes might, might go a bit blank, um, you mm. know, um, do, do you think, Yeah, what what do you think, how do you, how would you describe how most believers or communities see themselves versus how they ought to see themselves, right? I mean, let me just chip in my, my, my quick two pence, you know, should we see ourselves as members of maybe religious denominations? Or should we see ourselves as governing agencies like I am part of God's political system. Or maybe there's another way of thinking about this.
0: Yeah. Here's a thought. Yeah. Genesis. All right. It's interesting. Let's look at pre-fall. Okay. To get a little a little of an idea of how God operated. It's interesting that God puts Adam in the garden and God gives him the first most important thing: freedom says you are free to eat of every. Look at how wide that range looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Be fruitful, multiply. There wasn't an instruction that said be fruitful by doing. Yeah. It was almost cut. blanche. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, have dominion. This is it. As long as we are connected, you'll get it right. Right? When the devil shows up, He doesn't focus on the freedom. He focuses on the only thing that they were not supposed to do. (laughs) That's right. That's his primary focus. He focused on, he he created the concept of lack.
3: Mm. Lack is an idea. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) it. He said, listen, I know God, he didn't even say God talked about everything. He created the idea, the illusion that there's this one thing you lack. There's the one thing God didn't give you. Instead yes. of focusing on everything God gave you, <laughs> mm. focus on the one thing he didn't give you. And, and I often say, God did not say they cannot eat. God said they should not
2: eat. Not yeah.
0: This is the difference, meaning the option yes. of choice as opposed to now. So what is theocracy? Theocracy is God giving you cut blanche to be great mm-hmm. and telling you how to avoid to mess up now what's wrong with our what's wrong with our denominations our denominations focus on the tree okay in what way focus on how not to do bad focus on we, we need control we need to check where you are because you could have messed up we, we need to check on you daily to make sure that you're not messing up you, you're not sinning you've not gone out into the world you've not look at the focal point So what we call oversight is really damage control. What we call oversight is we don't trust anybody to to function and operate. And and I say then it's shame on us because we didn't put enough in them Mm -hmm. to be confident that when they're out there, they're fine. We need to keep doing a a check and and find out where you are now. So what are you going through now? So whatever we're going through, why is that our focus? So we wouldn't see the theocratic system because instead of representing God as leaders, we replaced God. Wow. Okay. And therein is the problem, where you determine who goes, where they go. We have all these weird concepts of I will determine when you're ready for ministry. Mm. Why? Mm. And what do I mean by ready? Like a system
3: designed to disempower you.
0: Absolutely.
3: Empower you into what Absolutely. I
0: usually look at it in this way. It's interesting that I, I, this is my own interpretation of things I've seen in scripture. Mm -hmm. So we won't say it's hardwired scripture, but this is what I've seen. That on every other nation, God always spoke about having heard the cry of his people. Whether it was the Egyptians, the Assyrians, you know. But there was no single statement. I've had the cry of my people in Babylon. Mm. God had to make a sovereign act and raise sirens to go get them out.
3: Mm.
0: Why? Because it seems so comfortable, it looks like home. Yeah, And unless there's a divine stepping in, it's, it's not going to be easy. To identify that difference, unless you see what freedom looks like. But you see, we've taught people that freedom is dangerous. We've taught people, if you're outside of my covering, then you're with the devil.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Simple. Truth is, then what did I put in you? Mm-hmm. What have I been investing in you? I mean, if we, if we if we use the Jesus model, three years and scatter them. Go into all the world. I mean, Jesus would have said, guys, I've never seen any of you function in my absence. You know what? I'm not so sure you're gonna make it. There was no testing ground. They hung with him, he died, he left, he said, go into the world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It was done. If we're to follow his model, that's what we should be doing. Our community should be churning people out, not gathering people in. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's a reverse model.
3: Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, David, can you elaborate as well on, um, or paint a picture of what a good, governing assembly maybe looks like? Um, like yeah, because yeah. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, I think I have seen or heard of some good churches who are maybe having maybe good influence, helping in their community, perhaps, maybe preaching some good sound doctrine, I don't know. Um, you know, what is, yeah, how would you describe that, uh, the, the governing assembly? Or a a good one, yeah.
2: We have to look at God's pattern. We have to look at what has been the eternal purpose of God. The eternal purpose of God is for a man and a woman Mm -hmm. to submit to his theocracy, to his authority, to his government, And as they do that, they are governed in their soul, in their mind, will, emotions, feelings, in their free will. They are governed. And as that individual is governed by the government of God, by the kingdom of God, by the authority of God, then that individual becomes an extension and a testimony of that government. So to answer your question specifically. yeah, What determines a good assembly? I'm gonna use that word.
1: Okay,
2: It's where men and women are being equipped, are being taught how to be submitted to the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is seated at the right hand of the Father and who is the one that was given all authority from the theocracy of God to govern all the earth. Mm. Let, me, let me put it this way. And, and this goes back to some couple of things that we've touched on here today. I said to you in my introduction earlier that presently we're working with the Colombian government to help them in a few areas. One of the reasons we were asked to go there is because several years ago we worked with some cities in the nation of Mexico and more specific, we were able to work with the police department of those particular municipalities and these police departments were very corrupt. They were corrupt. They were violent. People feared the police more than they feared the criminals. (laughs) So several years ago, God sovereignly opened the door, and we were able to take the kingdom, not religion, not a denominational system, but we took the kingdom to, we started in one municipality, one particular city, and we started with one police station. (laughs) And we were able to bring the kingdom to that police station. From the beginning, I told the colonel and the sergeant major, This is not about me giving you a long list of things that we can teach the policemen, and you can put them on the wall, and these are the new bylaws of the Guadalupe Police Department. That's not going to change your police department, because men will always find a way around anything that you want them to do. The key to the success, and I would tell the colonel and the sergeant major all the time, the key, for what we are trying to do is how each police officer individually chooses to submit himself to the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It has nothing to do what church he goes to. It's got nothing to do how many days he reads the Bible or how many vigils of prayer he goes to or how it's all about submission to the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, we'll make something long short, mm-hmm. several months passed and one by one, police officers began to submit themselves, their mind. They began to have a metaneo, a change of mind, because of the authority of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in their lives. As that began to happen, it changed the policeman. Mm-hmm. And the same policeman that was corrupt, he repented from his corrupt ways and he started being a good policeman. And yeah, that's how it changed. I In that city, we were able to affect every precinct in that city. And in three years, it turned a whole police force around. Columbia heard about that and so they asked us now to see. And so I've been telling the generals and the colonels in Colombia: this is not about bringing in a new philosophy or or training them and yeah. giving you a book for them to read. No, no, no. It's got to be the only way this is going to be successful is how each policeman and policewoman individually submit themselves to the theocracy and the government of God. That's that's really fascinating.
3: So that's like uh, so. If if the police force is, is a mixture of believers, unbelievers, you know, is, is 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 in essence, are you saying that they had to kind of they had to give their life to Christ, <laughs> right? Let me say
0: them? something in yeah. this context. You know, let Dave I'll, I'll let Dave answer that because he'll tell us the actual nitty gritty of that. But I just want to throw something in while he's at that to answer what you were asking about the kind of assembly see we have a problem already because what he's just told you cannot fit the structure of an assembly that's right his assembly became the precinct yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) there you go so what then matters does the assembly matter or where people meet no what matters is the impact and the outcome so i wouldn't query and get into the extreme of we don't need to meet anymore or we need to regularly meet and get into the query of what is the fruit of quality of people we are producing.
2: That's it. That's the key.
0: If we look at the fruit, then the assembly is fine. If we're getting no fruit, adjust. So instead of defending the community, the assembly or the doctrine or the or the discussion, no matter how good or bad that may look like, we should be querying measurement. Where's the quality of people being churned out? If it is working, keep with the program. If it is not working, throw it out, come up with a better program. That's the most effective way to measure where we are going. So, and I'm going to use an example because you've asked about the unbelievers. I'll give you my story. Just came back from Dubai recently and uh, found ourselves in a context where one of the people in the conference owns a school. And so he asked one of the other speakers I was with who's a prophet and said, I'd like you guys to come and prophesy to some of my teachers simply because they're believers. So it's a mixed school. Their teachers are Christians, Muslims, Indians. And so the idea was for us to interact and prophesy to like 10, 12 out of about 40 teachers, right? So when the principal's office and we begin to both prophesy to these individuals and get into very, God opened up for us very specific issues that, that were in their lives and the way to resolve it. And then the line just kept increasing. And we were like, but we were dealing with 12. And you know the feedback we got, a Muslim walks in and we say, but why do you want to do this? He says, look, I don't know about what you guys are saying, but when I hear the stories of the guys who've walked out of here, and when I hear about the stuff, about their lives that has changed, when I hear how happy they were, I want some of this. The I, 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 and yeah. suddenly it didn't matter anymore. And so we didn't then begin to push anybody in the direction of getting saved. We left that to the principal and, and his team who are believers there to carry that on. But what happened is that we opened the door. We ended up prophesying to every single person teacher in the school and staff. Why? Because something tangible, something measurable showed up. No, we could have had a sermon and preached to them. No one way, but that's not what we did. So maybe I'll get back today, but I just want to insert that in to say, when the kingdom arrives somewhere, the most amazing thing is that irrelevant, Muslim, Hindu, and believer, when the kingdom shows up, they discover they want it. That always happens.
3: They want yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> One thing I'm taking from this is is um, you know that scripture that that says we are living epistles.
2: Yeah. The
3: the, the individual embodies the word, and yeah, you yeah. know, and it's almost like you could, whilst you can have uh, programs and different you know things, but it very much represents uh, it requires us as individuals, the kingdom citizen, to represent. God in any sphere or domain he finds himself. And that's how he brings in, you know, that flavor. Okay. So, David, I'm not sure if you finished what you were trying to say or...
2: You... Yeah. Yes, I interrupted
0: him actually. So, David, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, a, a long interruption. The, the thing yeah. is, most, most churches or ministries or religious systems, most of them, they're looking for what makes them successful, what mm-hmm. makes them appear successful the metrics, what Mm -hmm. building they have, or buildings, how many people gather in their events and meetings, and how much money. Money. Money, that's Mm -hmm. the metrics, numbers and money. So when you sit in the staff meetings, and I've sat in hundreds of them in the 50 years, Mm -hmm. i all over the world, they're not talking about the fruit Mm -hmm of the authority of the King of King and Lord of Lords in the life of people every day. And there's fear that they're in. Mm. They're not talking about that, but they're talking about the metrics of last Sunday and how can we get more metrics next Sunday? What gimmicks, what are we going to give away? What are we going to do to get people in? How can we look like the world to draw the world? Interesting. And that's not the, that's not, The fragrance of Christ Mm. is not looking like the world. No, The fragrance of Christ, the sweet aroma that says in Corinthians is about the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in your life. I grew up in religion. I was born, I'm a preacher's kid, I'm a pastor's kid. I was born, when I was born, my dad had been in ministry nine years. Mm. I grew up in the church. By the time I was 14 years old, I didn't want anything to do with God, with the Bible, with church, with nothing. I only wanted my flesh, Mm. and my flesh was going all over the place at 14. And it continued to be. I left. I rebelled against everything that had to do with God and churches and everything. When God finally found me years later, drew me back to himself, and then began to reveal to me the kingdom and the theocracy of the kingdom and the spiritual laws of the kingdom and principles and truth all of a sudden the lordship of Christ began to do a transformation of this mind it's the same individual yeah but i'm i'm i've been transformed by the authority of the kingdom that rules me that's what makes a successful assembly or group of people that comes together mm, amen to that amen to that now okay so now you you mentioned
3: the uh, uh the metrics like uh buildings and, and money yeah. i want to just talk about money for a bit um you know what is how is money supposed to be circulating amongst us the kingdom economy is there such a thing you know <laughs> ah, I think about economy, okay economics All right. in, in okay
0: let, let, let's let's start playing with the words first you know I, I like that the the whole idea of economy you know the, the greek word economy doesn't just talk about money okay economy it actually talks about the whole makeup of family life
2: That's right. Everything.
0: So when we use the term kingdom economy, yes, money is a major factor
2: Mm.
0: in the context of how all those things are done, but money is not the driver of how all those things are done. So so there's this uh, imbalance between money the tool and money the pursuit. It it becomes tricky. Now let's go back to the congregational structure that... that, um, uh, Dave talked about. See, the danger of the, of, the, of the structure is that it has removed what I call the grace from center Okay. to organization. Meaning, God gave some. He didn't give ministries. He didn't give buildings. He didn't give organizations to equip saints. Mm. He gave some that would mean that if somebody is in what we predominantly call the fivefold let me start i want to start with what i call church economy before i jump quickly into kingdom economy okay the whole idea would be that these individuals would be able to speak to the saints not to an assembly Mm. to believers across the board because each one of them would be uniquely equipped to cover certain aspects of the kingdom. It is that massive. And, and the uniqueness of that aspect was, was supposed to be have been available to all, not to a specific congregation, not domiciled in a specific, specific organization, but made available.
1: Which the would point. then mean,
0: yes. yes, that if that was so, then God had set up an economic system that would take care of them. It existed. And the Bible talks it, labor and reward. Talks mm-hmm. about double honor. Talks about the capacity to be able to do that. And and, and whether it was w- wealthy giving or not is neither here nor there. We've made it such a big deal about, we, we think the less a minister has, the more spiritual they are, you know? And then, and then we think on the other side of the extreme, that the yeah. maximum they have equals. So we've yeah. got all these weird extremes. That's not the issue. In fact, we get into the wrong debate. We never get into the debate of what is the output. It says they who teach well are worthy of. So the teaching well is the focus, not the income. But that doesn't mean then they should be at a meager level. It's it's kind of a play of words. But yeah. this is the thing. When you do that, what ends up happening is you end up with this odd structure where the organization budget is way heftier and more controlled than the budget of the one who should be moving the kingdom forward. Mm. So I'm talking at 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 that level.
3: Maybe the building, expanding another building.
0: Exactly. I'll give you a a simple scenario, a structure that I put in my own community using one of the most basic things. On average, when people plan a wedding, let's take a very petty thing, all right? When they plan That's... a wedding, yes, <laughs> yeah. they they have a budget for everything except the, the minister. Mm. They will sit down and work budgets on the on the music and on the and on the on the reception and on and you know how lavish weddings can be in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and everything else. And then on ultimate, in some places in Africa, the best they'll do is the, the the preacher is going to get some fuel in his car and lunch. <laughs> and, and, and the principle is. Really, what is the core event in the wedding? Yeah. It's the minister. Pull the minister out. You have no wedding. Pull everybody else out. You have a wedding.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, So, I'm using that bit to show you the skewedness. Okay. Now, the problem with that is that we can use that to manipulate and create trouble as opposed to to teach and bring order. All right. so with
3: that with that example you just gave are you suggesting that money is being directed to like other with the wedding analogy other yes. things where it should be given more to ministers like what, what no
0: means? I'm saying no? Okay. that if we we're looking at the kingdom economy everything would have its place with proper value that's
3: right okay okay
0: everything okay. would be positioned proper value you would not need to have the disparities you'd be able to see which order was important in other words let's put it this way um when you're sick the hospital needs to be equipped but with no doctor you're in trouble All right? but let's move away from us using a base problem that can go in any direction so the problem with that particular thing when money becomes the core remember i said it's not money that's the core it's the use of money if money becomes the core we have a two-way problem you either have a minister who makes unreasonable demands
1: Mm-hmm.
0: which which is, you see, I'm the most important here. I need to be paid the most. and On the other hand, or you have a, a congregation that says, we control the money here. We set your budget. So we have a problem already. In other words, the problem is not money in itself. The problem has always been the perception people have of what God wants done.
2: That's it. That's the key.
0: That's where the problem lies. Yes. In every dynamic where yes. money comes in. Because yes. if 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 today we're talking about what Dave is doing out in Colombia setting mm-hmm. up ecclesias then we'd say the priority for money would be how do we empower those people so that when Dave leaves they are functional. Yeah. That would be the primary focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. But if we have it the wrong way around, we'd say, let's make sure Dev goes there and we hope a few souls got saved. But yeah. let's keep the rest of the budget and make sure that we keep our air condition running and everything else. <laughs> you see where the focus is. Mm. So kingdom <laughs> economy is absolutely different. Kingdom economy is the ability to have resources, not in per se trust, but available for every movement that the king wants carried out. Mm.
3: That's really well, powerful thinking around it. Like yes. a budget
0: that yes. is
3: about facilitating what the Lord is trying to achieve. Yes.
0: And that could mean That's anything. Cool. It could mean taking care of a brother. Yeah. It could mean paying fees. It could mean investing in a business. Mm-hmm. It could mean going on holiday because somebody needs to breathe to get back into life. So so suddenly. The problem is that we need to structure what the kingdom looks like first before we even say the economy to run it. A government has a design before it can look at where the funding goes. But you see, if you have the wrong order, you want funding, then you want to create a government.
1: Thank you for joining our fireside talk about the kingdom. My name is Frederick Tobin, and I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to continue to receive fresh insight into the kingdom, click the notification bell to follow us. For further information about the kingdom, visit our website www.unlockthekingdomwithinyou.com to download your free ebook. See you soon.